What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Josh, Justin, and Kev. It was a battle of the Titans this past weekend as Sacramento came to town, and the Hounds are probably sorry to not come away with all three points, and we're going to talk all about it. Uh, but first, guys, it feels like I haven't talked to you in forever, and I guess that's what happens when we just, you know, tend to get together every single week. It's been, what? <laughs> well, did you guys, you guys did a show while I was at camp, right? We did one show and then we skipped a week. We skipped a week because I got back and was exhausted. And Josh, you were still like wringing all of your clothes out because you guys got drenched at the game and Kev was at some other concert. And so, yeah. And Justin was on another continent. So, yeah, we, uh, it's the first time back. Justin, tell us a little bit about your travels here, man, because I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, so I got to go on a trip with my church to Kenya uh, for a couple of days. And um, yeah, pretty surreal, just like driving down this, you know, these dirt roads in a sport utility vehicle. And you like, look, uh, oh, there's a camel. Oh, there's some goats. There's, you know, like, and just seeing like rural desert Africa. Um, but just pretty amazing to see. Uh, kind of how they're making life work in that side of the world and makes me super grateful for all the things that we have over here and the um, just the the pluses that we have in the U.S., but uh, maybe the responsibility that we have to serve the rest of the world in some ways as well. Uh, so that was pretty amazing. And then just lots of good family time since then and and uh, even over July 4th weekend. So good, good time since then, but been a fun summer so far. That's awesome. Very, cool. very, very cool. Josh, how you been? Good. Um, I'm going to go to Ohio this coming weekend. So, you know, nice. it's pretty much the same it's pretty story. Much Kenya. As yeah, yeah. You just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the desert of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the plains, the Ohio yeah. plains. Uh, but yeah, uh, doing good. Uh, it has been a busy, busy summer with all these Hounds games. And it's, yeah, it's like, it's a lot of work <laughs> going to like setting up the tailgates and all that kind of stuff and making sure the seal army has like, I think we bought smoke now twice within like the last month, like just trying to like just keep up with it all. It's like, Oh man, there's a lot of games. <laughs> Is it I, easier, I got a feeling like... this, I got a feeling this weekend there's you're getting a lot of smoke, but we'll, I hope we'll get it. He's leading for the last two games. Logistically. Yeah. I imagine that it's easier that home games are spread out for you. It might be nicer, right? If it's all like compact in summer or whatever, you know, but yeah, I always joke that away games are kind of like my day off. It feels yeah. like it's just like, oh, cool. I can just watch the game, sit on the couch, or go to a watch party, drink a beer. But it's like on game day, I'm like, all right, we got to pack up the car. We got to make sure we get there by four, set up everything. And then like, I usually don't want to go in until like the very last moment because like people just randomly come over while they're like coming to the game to buy merch. So I'm like, if I pack up at six, like or six thirty, I'm going to miss sales. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've got a, a crew that I'm probably going to send your way. Um, I'm, I'm bringing about 20 people to the game this weekend. Uh, basically, my wife's entire set of siblings and their families, and they're going to want the full-on experience. Sick. So uh, nice. Nice. we're all showing up separately, but I'm all going to point them in the direction <laughs> of the Steel Army tailgate just to pop in and see it and... And then probably get in line to fight for one of those uh, Highmark Stadium replicas, which... This game is going to be... I mean, we can talk about it once it gets closer, like the end of the show for the preview. But yeah, these replicas that are going on. Listen, uh, I'm, 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 I'm literally throwing it down now. I don't know what time I'm going to get there because we're going on a 
hit college tour before the game um, with my oldest son. And then we got to go back to my parents and pick up the younger two. I am going to bring extra Mongols hats, which of course I'm not wearing. I just grabbed a hat. This is from camp. Uh, I'm going to bring extra Mongols hats and I will trade somebody like one of the brand new Mongols hats for their replica. If I'm unable to get one, I don't think it's going to happen, it's, but I'm putting it I out. I don't think it's going to work. You can I'm try putting it out there. If somebody gets like multiples <laughs> and they want to trade me, we will do a straight up swap. Just find me. Cause I will have the hats and we'll make it happen. Um, Kev, how was the concert? It was great. Yeah, I went to go see um, the band's called The Smile, which is like a spinoff of like Radiohead. Um, so it's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood um, and another guy uh, is usually how it's advertised. Um, it was great. I mean, it was it was a little bit of a struggle because um, it was an indoor auditorium in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Um, and they let us know like five days before the show. They're like, hey, our HVAC system is busted and it's not going to be fixed uh, in time. So, you know, it's just this hot, muggy, humid, sweaty room that I was like, wouldn't be caught dead here in like prime COVID times, right? It was just like this cesspool of like breath everywhere. <laughs> but it was... It was it was worth it. By the end of the show, you know, we were sweating. We didn't even like get up and move or whatever. Um, but no, it was it was awesome. It was a great show. Good to see him live. Like a big kind of bucket list thing kind of checked off for me. So yeah, it was, it was a good show. That's awesome. You I wouldn't saw, have, what, you wouldn't have been caught dead there, but you would have died there. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I saw what it was like. Seventeen people were hospitalized from the Ed Sheeran concert in Pittsburgh this past weekend because it was so hot and people weren't staying hydrated. It Jeez. was like people going into cardiac arrest and like it was a whole thing wow so i mean they did say that they're like we'll have extra medical staff on you know on site and <laughs> giving out free water they had one of those big gatorade jugs they're like you can fill up your own cup if you want <laughs> <laughs> go buy a beer chug yeah. it and then come back here with a cup and then we'll, we'll help you out <laughs> yeah Listen, I got to get, you know, shout out to the Steel Army in Highmark Stadium because I didn't hear of any medical issues with people yeah. in, you know, dehydration at the game, which was going on at the exact same time and in more direct sunlight. So kudos to you guys. I saw there was a lot of messages on social media reminding people stay hydrated, you know, bring water, uh, do what you can. So there might be more of the same this week. We shall see. But um, good, 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 good. Um one thing I wanted to touch on real quick because we, we tried something and Josh, I don't know if this is going to be contentious because I don't know where you stand on this. I have a feeling you stand in one place, but you might not. Threads came out, which is like suddenly everyone's like, we're done with Twitter. We're on the threads. I totally get the sentiment of wanting to drop Twitter, but we tried, I, I, I tried air quotes, live tweeting uh, the most recent game on threads. And it's just, Josh, you were like, don't even try. So I literally just did halftime thoughts and full game thoughts. And then we posted the full 90 over there as well. But to me, like it looks like Twitter, but the fact that they don't post things in chronological order and the fact that I can't just view the people that I'm following, that I have to see like posts from Oprah and the Kardashians. I'm just like, I don't, you're, 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 you're screwing up the two most important pieces of this for me. Like on Twitter, I don't, I always just read the threads or, or the tweets, sorry, of like a group of journalists that I follow for news or like the Steel Army or different people. I don't care about everybody else. I don't get into those other contentious debates. But Josh, you, you were on there threading it up all weekend. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on the thing? Um, one, uh, I, 
you can tell it was released before it was ready and it was done on purpose because they saw what was going on with Twitter with their rate limiting people and like having all these issues with uh, paying for servers uh, with Google. So they just jumped. They're like, we have to release it now. Like it's it's not all the way baked yet, but we're just releasing now. Try to get on that, you know, downswing for Twitter. And it worked. Uh, there are, are yeah, already at 100,000 users. Um, so it's 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 working uh, Two, you're right. The the <laughs> the not being able to just view your followers or the, who you're following sucks. Like that's the worst part about it to me. Chronological view as well, obviously. But uh, I do think like both those things are coming. So like it's just going to be a little bit of a wait, uh, you know. And other than that, though, if you start using it, you see less and less of those like Oprah and like other like types of tweets or threads and it becomes more and more geared towards your taste. So the more you interact with it, the better the algorithm gets. Uh, but it's definitely annoying to like not just be able to view who you want to view. Yeah. So I, in terms of, you know, if people are looking on social media, we've talked about this for a while now, like what, what are we going to do? A lot of our stuff is still over on YouTube. This video is on YouTube. We post the uh, predictions over on YouTube. That seems to be like the central place that isn't really going to be changing anytime soon. Although I did notice that whenever co people comment, now it's not using names, it's using handles, which makes me think that they're starting to move towards another direction, which makes it a little bit more complicated for me when I'm trying to tally up the uh, score predictions because trying to guess people's handles to their actual names <laughs> is kind of fun. Um but uh, yeah, for, for the time being, we'll see how much we still post on Twitter. There's still a lot of news that the team puts out on Twitter, although I did see that the team is on threads today. So we'll see if they start posting stuff there as well. But uh, just stay tuned. Um, you know, you can find us on YouTube. We're still on Twitter. We're, we're over on threads at Mongols Pod, not just at Mongols. Somebody with an actual Mongolian logo is, uh, is at Mongols. So thanks. Um, it jumped on sooner. I, it, it, it goes back to Instagram. So like we just oh, didn't have the Instagram great. first. Yeah. So I never thought about it. We didn't have an Instagram. We don't have an Instagram. We, we can't, we, we have like five pictures. Like Justin and I were like, we should do this. And then like Justin, you posted a few stuff from a few other teams and then it just, yeah, yeah we didn't. So, yeah. um, so yeah. So that's the latest on that. Guys, before we get into the game, real quick, uh, news from this week. Hound signed Juan Carlos Obregon Jr., or JC, as Lily calls him. So I'm just going to go with JC. Uh, he is a forward. He previously played for Rio Grande Valley in Hartford. He's been spending the spring playing in Honduras. And, you know, in our internal Slack, I, the immediate question was just sort of, what do we think this means for Tola and Lopez and Kiza and all of that? Justin, do you have any thoughts on, you know, why the Hounds would go out and sign another forward at this point in the season? Uh, I mean, it seems like the the <laughs> the theme of the year maybe for our forwards has been injuries. Um, and so it might just be going out and get somebody who's healthy who can who can kind of step in. Um, you know, we got Dequa back for this past game, but I think it's just can can everybody stay healthy? And when you're in the middle of a busy summer as the Hounds are like you also just need guys to play minutes. And so um, I'm not sure it means anything other than that. I'm not sure that Lily was sitting there going, ah, I don't like the way the the forwards are performing, so I need to go out and find another one. Um, but I think when you start hitting July, August, 
September, you know, games are getting longer, guys are getting injured, it's hot, you know. So I think there is probably some validity to just saying, like, we need somebody to play some minutes to, to help us out. So I think that's probably what it was more than anything. Um, Hounds have played a lot of games, uh, you know, including the Open Cup and everything. So that's kind of what I feel like it was more than, like, oh, Lily wasn't pleased with the way the forwards were performing or something. Yeah. I, I tend to think too. Um, there was some discussion on uh, during the stream of the the most recent game where Lily has come out and said that he still doesn't know who his like starting eleven are at this point in the season, which I think is legit. I think that there is a lot of competition in positions, and so he's sort of taking things game by game. But it does feel like, at least offensively, we've sort of settled into this lone striker setup, which doesn't seem to really suit. suit Kiza very well doesn't really seem to suit Lopez really well so you are kind of left with like Dequa or showing me and then like you said Justin if if Tola goes down then like now we're posed like you're trying to plug in somebody that really isn't gonna be able to perform there so um yeah didn't we start the year with like two forwards and like a 10 behind them or something yeah yeah, yeah it was often like Dequa Kiza with like Lopez behind them or something uh, yeah, yeah. And, and now like we've been what we more... did last year too, right? Yeah. That yeah. Was like mostly our build last year. Yeah. yeah. Past few games has been more of like a five, two, two, one, at least on paper. Um, so yeah, guys, any other thoughts on, on JC coming in at this point? What I, thought, I mean, like when Kiza came in last year, he came in later in the season, right? This mm-hmm. feels too early for the Kiza thing. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I think everything that Justin said makes sense to me um, as far as what you would expect. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, we, we've we looked particularly, I, in my opinion, we've looked particularly exposed and forward when Deco has been out. Um, I think Sean Me has shown his uh, inexperience. Uh, he still looks a little raw, um, streaky. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, reinforcements there, I think, out of any position on the field, I think reinforce, reinforcements there make sense. Yeah. It, it, we have a lot of forwards, but at the same time, we're not using them always as forwards. So, like, they're, you know, advertised as forwards in name only. Uh, and also, just, I feel like that with Kizza, like, he was injured. And, like, when this first got announced, I thought this meant Dequa was not coming back as soon as we thought he was. Mm-hmm. So, I'm kind of, I am a little bit confused by that because, like, I was seeing that happen and then going to the game and being like, oh, he's in the... He's on the bench. Oh, he came in. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. But yeah, I think it's just a shore up. A lacking offense that we have right now as far as our forward position. Yeah. There were some shots of uh, of Dequa early in the game sitting on the bench, and he was not happy sitting on the bench. You could tell. It just like pains him to not be in the game at this point, which is great. I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, that's great for Chico. Like, you know, we want to see that. Um, guys, moving on to this game. So the Hounds did draw nil-nil with Sacramento. Um, I don't know. I, there, there are a few things we could talk about, at least as it relates to, you know, it being a nil-nil draw. But uh, Josh, you were there. Give me give me a takeaway. What were your thoughts from this one? Um, Sacramento is a good team. Uh, they're a really good team, and I don't feel like they played all that great against us. I feel like, well... Maybe the way I look at that is I feel like we did a pretty good job of shutting them down. Uh, the first half was definitely a little bit dicey, but by the second half, it felt like that we were primed to actually get the win. Uh, it just 
none of the shots went in and that sucks. Uh, either they were defended pretty well, uh, especially with uh, Vidiello and goal. And it just sucks that we didn't get it. But at the same time, like this is a great team that we were playing against and we went up against them and had no issue really. Uh, but also if you look at their away uh, stats, I think they have like five draws out of mm. uh, eight games. So like, that's kind of like their MO as well is to shut down uh, any attack and just get out with a point. So. I don't know Sacramento at all. I just saw what I think it was John on USL tactics tweet out something where I picked up on, he said a slightly weakened Sacramento. I don't know. I don't know what like, I thought I he know. meant us was slightly weakened, not them. Oh, okay. Cause like they had Cicerone, they had like, it felt like they, I don't think they really had that many injuries. So okay. I, th- I thought he was meaning us was slightly uh weekend fair enough too yeah 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 i mean to, to sort of reiterate josh your point it did feel like it, my feeling during the game was like this is this is the best that the west has to offer like they just it didn't feel like they really showed up as much i thought vidiello and ciceroni showed up which is ironic because they played at high mark before like they they know what it's like but i also feel like that's a bit of a testament to what high mark has become um, like the past few teams that have played here have not wanted to play here. Like they just come in and, and to their credit, I think the first 15, 20 minutes, we got sucked into sort of playing Sacramento's game. It felt like it was very back and forth. We were all in each other's boxes. And then it seemed like Lily told the guys like calm down, like slow things down. And then we just took over control of the ball. We were much more judicious about distribu- uh, distributing it around the back, just moving them from side to side. And um, and we forced them to play our game, and they just sort of bunkered. I mean, I think in the second half, they literally had two touches inside our box. That was it. They they basically stayed outside from there. So, Justin, what did you uh, see and think about this one? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, I will admittedly, um, part of the reason... <laughs> I haven't even been on the show is because I haven't watched um, in a long time and just being out of town on Saturdays and um, having different things going on. We went to uh, we went to the union game a couple weeks ago on Saturday night. And so it's just like different things that I haven't been able to like actually catch the hounds in a while. And so this was the first game in, in several weeks that I've actually sat down and watched the hounds uh, play. And I was actually struck at how good the hounds looked. Um, I think like I just, since I've watched them several weeks ago um, to now, I think they've improved a ton. Um, what I will say was I, I still think they're, um, I think Mertz and, and Dequa coming off the bench created a whole new dynamic to the team that the team didn't seem to have um, in the first half. And it seemed like they just didn't want to get in Sacramento's box. And you're not going to, like, you have to put a, we know this, you have to put a ton of shots on Vidiello to score on Vidiello. Like you, you're not going to score. It's not going to be, hey, I get one chance and I score. Like that's just not how Vidiello works. And so you have to like get a lot of shots on him to to score. And I just feel like in the first half we just didn't get shots. It was like, okay, everyone was like scared to shoot or scared to make that last pass into the box or something. And then in the second half it was like everyone was like, okay, we gotta no, we gotta do this. So it was like Mertz was making runs into the box and. And Dequa was making runs in the box. And then Ordonez made that run late into the game, into the box and almost scored. And, and it was just like, they, it was just a whole new game at that point. So I was just really glad to see that. But that being said, I thought that 
just even the team that was on the field in the first half did look so good, you know, pinging the ball around and passing the ball around, um, which felt different from the beginning of the season. It didn't feel like we were a cohesive team at the beginning of the season. And it feels like as we've gone on and having been away from the Hounds for a couple of weeks, it was like, oh, this team, this team knows how to play together now, you know? And it was like, we were missing that last like piece in the box or that kind of the, the cutthroat or the like, you know, the final dagger in the attack. But that could have been the injury too. But it's also just like, I was just impressed at how well we played um, kind of the whole, the whole game. And then it was just like, oh man, if we just got one good shot or two good shots uh, more in the second half, you know, I think we would have, we would have scored, but, um, but it was a good game overall. I was actually really impressed. Yeah. It was definitely entertaining. Josh, I wanted to ask you, what was the fan reception like for Vidiello? I know you guys were behind them in the first half. Were you giving them crap or was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the whole time. Just yeah. like traitor. Uh, <laughs> crap. Uh, I think someone threw out a uh, golden glove. Like, remember when you didn't get the golden glove at the house? <laughs> it's just like joking with them. Uh, but you could, it was like, you know, yeah, terrible or anything like that. And, right. Uh, Favorite thing is always when the keepers walk away at the end of the half, just like doing the left, right, like as they walk away yeah. and like seeing if they'll react. He reacted and it was just playing along with us. And yeah, yeah it was it was good. And then I, I believe after the game, uh, him and Russ and I think Shane, we did too. I can't remember, uh, like waved at us after the game and that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's I mean, that's always tough, especially with those guys who are recent that, you know, we have some relationship with and you know that they're like good dudes it's a lot easier to like really pound on somebody that you don't know personally um so i'm glad that you guys gave it to him but i'm glad that he also knew that it was all like in yeah his sport. yeah and i think russ Cicerone, i believe had family there because he's originally from michigan and so like he had a like we didn't have any traveling away supporters obviously like come up to us during the uh, pregame like doing uh tailgate so I didn't realize it until after the game was over. Then I saw like a big group of like 15 or 20 people like waiting for Russ to come back out and like, you know, cheer him on a little bit after the game was over. And it was like, oh, that makes sense. It's probably all his family came in actually to watch him play. So that was yeah. cool. Kev, what do you think of this one? It's I, I have more kind of like micro comments rather than any kind of big sweeping narrative around like, the broad strokes of the game i will say the broad strokes of the game i'll say like <clears throat> if you're if you're just looking at uh like the score on paper if if you've been away for like three months and you just looked at like the hounds last four games uh you know knowing deke has been injured the easy narrative is to say uh, hounds can't score again like it's you know what two goals in the last four games um you know we've been getting goals from all over the field but that's drying up um that that's the easy narrative but i mean this game is not that it, you know it, it, we we created a lot of really good chances against a good team and so it's unfair and false to just say well this this team's struggling to score um It'll be interesting to see how all of that kind of switches over now that Deke was back. You know, Mertz is getting more of a run in with the games coming back from his kind of weird, I'll say, injury. Um, weird in the sense that it's like aggravation, like determined or whatever. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game, a little frustrating that it's another nil nil at home. I always, I always feel like to continue big kind of home support, you want to put on a little bit of a show at home, especially in the summer or whatever, but there was a show. I mean, there, there was a lot of chances shots on net. Um, and it was a good game. So yeah. I mean, and and then just diving into a little bit of like one of the kind of like micro comments or whatever. I mean, Justin, you mentioned like, look like we were moving the ball pretty well i think the majority of the season i've been lightly critical of uh kenny uh forbes i thought you were gonna say danny griffin i was gonna say okay (laughs) hold on yeah no but i thought kenny actually had a really good game in this game i thought he was he created some really good chances um a lot of the times he was the pass before the pass um he moved the ball well um got in the good positions so yeah I, I i wanted to specifically kind of call him out where you know in a big game that mattered you know against sacramento i mean all games all these games matter but it, it when you try to measure yourself against uh, like the quality of other high quality teams you know it's important and uh and he stepped up and i thought he had a really good game funny enough um uh, my wife was sitting with me right before the game started and she looked at me and she said canardo and I said, yeah, all this time she did not know that his name was Canardo. <laughs> she always hears me call him Kenny. So she just thought it was Kenny or Ken. And she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, it's it's Canardo. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Do you have any other micro thoughts or is your mouth full of uh, ravioli right now? Kev? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ravioli. Um, the one the the one player that I think I'd like to see uh, that that has some flashes, and I, I called it as sort of a halftime shout that I thought DZ Harmon would get pulled. It felt like, and I talked about this, I think at one point with with Langston uh, earlier in the season, where it felt like at times they're going for like the moonshot. Like every time they get the ball, they want to make like the spectacular highlight play. And more what his overhead not, bicycle kick? Right. Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> what else did you that. want him to do there? Is my it question. was no, 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 no. I don't fault him for that. No, but it just felt like there were a lot of times where we would have possession, and then he would get the ball, and he's like, "Well, rather than pass it back, I'm going to try to beat this player." And like, I get sometimes in that position, that's what you've got to do to progress the play forward. But it just feels like more often than not he's going for like the, the Neymar superstar type move rather than sort of the simple keep possession kind of play. And it just felt like it was one time too many in this game that Lily was like, okay, you're, you're out. Uh, we'll put in Rovi and, uh, and just sort of keep possession. Yeah. I do think the bicycle kick was a little bit like, it was cool to see him go for it, but at the same time, like our defenders trying for a bicycle kick right now. Which also, <laughs> by the way, He's listed as a defender, like in this game, he played a defending role, but then he also is listed on the website for the Hounds as a midfielder. I think which, our media means he's just probably, like, I don't know. Like, do we have to put positions on these people? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, which means he's probably a forward. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I feel like kind of talking about all those guys who kind of roam the lines. Um, I mean, I feel like they're all decent attackers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, maybe maybe they just didn't feel that way early in the season, and, and maybe that was just because they didn't kind of know what was in front of them and what was behind them. But I feel like as the season progressed, you know, looking at Rovi, Harmon, uh, Dos Santos, Biazzi, 
everyone who kind of plays those wing back, Black whatever Scott, they are, yeah. roles, uh, Blackstock, yeah, I feel like they all, like, they're all decent attackers and they can all get in their box on their day, you know, and, you know, it, it's it's just good to see. I mean, it's just good to see. I, I think after after having been away for a couple of weeks, I felt like, you know, what was I walking back into? I'm not sure. You know, do they really know how to play their positions? Do they feel like they are understanding Lily's system? And I feel like they are, you know, more than they were five weeks ago. And so, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that I, the bicycle kick was interesting, <laughs> but I don't, to Kevin's point, I don't know what else he's supposed to right. do there. I mean, I think he it bounced weird off his chest and then it's behind him and could he have laid it off to somebody? Maybe, but he's looking up at the ball. So it's like, I, he's not seeing if there's anybody there. So goes for the overhead. And I, I it wasn't a bad attempt. Actually. Yeah, I, like I said, but it just feels like, yeah, I, I don't know if there's been many times that he's made that play and it's like came right. off. So I have been impressed with, with Blackstock. I think especially as of late, he's really like claimed that position when, you know, Justin, you just listed off like three or four other guys that you could easily say have also claimed that position. Um, I know Dos Santos has been sort of uh, been put in the back three a little bit more, but I, especially he, in the preseason, um, he was playing forward. And I was like, he's not really running the channels, right? Like it's not really working. And so for Lily to be like, nope, you're going to play as a wing back. Yeah. And he's locked it down. I, kudos to him, man. He's been, well, he did it with Dixon last year. So oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, is this is I don't know. Is this kind of what Lily was trying to do last year with Dixon? Like, I'm wondering if part of it is when you have the two, you know, you have like the Etu and Kenny. Sometimes when you drag them wide further up the pitch, that creates lanes for your wingbacks to cut in towards the goal. And so you have more opportunity, like Biasi had a nice run late in the game where he sort of picked it up. And because he had players in front of him, he was able to cut inside because those players dragged other players with them. Maybe that's what he was hoping for with Dixon. And it just never panned out because people were like, nah, he's, he's too good. We're not just going to let him run inside on us. I don't know. Maybe pure speculation. It it hurts to talk about Dixon. It does hurt to talk about Dixon. We should move on. Um, Guys, I oh one one thing that that did cross my mind, and just we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but there was a a run that Ordonez made late in the game, uh, where he basically picked up the ball and like dribbled past a few guys and got a shot off. It got blocked, um, but that's not the first time he's done that, where he will pick up the ball and step up into the midfield or even you know get into the eighteen. Um, it, I started to think about like, can you imagine like what if Ordonez played as a holding mid, like almost like a Busquets kind of role where you have now this big body that's almost like a destroyer that sits in front of our back line. John Stan, he, I, I'm just, I like he doesn't have sort of the the. I think one of one of his biggest strengths is sort of that last ditch defending ability, but he wouldn't have to do that. And that gives them more freedom to sort of distribute and make runs into the box. Who knows? I love it, Mike. I think it's one of the few good ideas you've had. In this uh, entire all, right. <laughs> all right. No, genuinely. I think, I mean, mm. you know, I was going to make a joke um, after you, you started the comment saying of, you know, he made it, he made a run and you know, got a shot away or whatever. You know, the joke I was going to make, I was like, yeah, he's, he's in a goal drought right now. Like he scored three and three <laughs> and you know, he needs to score. So 
Yeah, no, I, it's not a bad shout, especially when we're, it, it feels like we're pretty well stocked with center backs, especially yeah. when you want to, you know, play people like Dos Santos as one of the like outside center backs. Um, it feels like we have enough players that fit that mold that can play those roles. And then you're looking at a, a Farrell or an Ordonez to play the central part of it. So, yeah, I know. I, I think that'd be interesting. The, the issue is that, you know, we already have more midfielders than we know what to do with. So I don't know what that does to, you know, a Griffin, a Mertz, a Natsui, Barra, like Kenny. It just, yeah, we're, we're sort of spoiled in that department. We've talked about this before. But uh, I, yeah. it, I think it's situational. If you come up against a team where it calls for it, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, can you imagine like uh, two double pivots of like Etu and Ordonez? Uh, you know, that's just mouthwatering to me. Um, and then you have Forbes kind of float around and be a playmaker, a wide playmaker or something. But yeah. Yeah. Listen, Liz, Liz just said in the chat, let him be a forward. Um, you know, <laughs> we let, we let Farrell be a forward earlier this season and it didn't go terribly. Scored so. three goals in three. We're struggling <laughs> to score right now. So, you know, yeah, I think I mean, and I I I loved when he like chose to do that too, though. Like, and it's just a super smart play. I mean, it's like you're ten minutes left in the game. You're you've got Sacramento pinned in their box. Like, okay, cool. I've got five yards in front of me, and I can weave a little bit and and get a shot off. So, you know, super super smart play on Adonia's part to to make that happen. So, yeah, can't complain about that at all. Agreed. Guys, anything else from this game? Did you yeah. want to talk about um, you know, your I, micro things? Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. On the flip side of, you know, being, you know, you know, you could, you could push the incorrect narrative, at least in this game of like, we're struggling to score or whatever. What? I think five games where we've only let up two goals and one of those, and that came in one game. So four shutouts in the last five games. Yeah. You know, Zamudio is like Jamali Wait who? You know, this yeah. is, he's probably like, this is easy. <laughs> like, I don't understand what all the like, hey, that one save against Ciceroni wasn't easy. Like ten minutes good. in. He that was a good save. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I mean and I think the Hounds deserve huge credit for that. I think yeah. the most important thing, if you want to be like a championship winning side, uh a, a side that really, you know, is there contending for things at the end of the season you need to be good defensively. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think you could say that about us early in the season. And so I don't know if it's this more kind of well I don't want to say permanent switch, but this recent switch to like a 541 um with like the lone striker, it does seem like we have been very good foundationally like yeah. defensive it, like not letting up a ton of chances and when they are they're not clean chances and yeah, so I mean the squad, the defense Lily, everyone deserves huge credit for for the defensive record right now. I was going to say, spoiler alert, um, we'll, we'll get to this when we talk about Detroit coming to town, but literally after 18 games, Detroit have faced twice as many shots as we have. So, like, our defense is locking it down and just not letting shots get to the keeper, um, which is great. So, And not, not that I think that Zamudio is going to be the long term... <laughs> I don't think he's going to be starting for us in September. I was like, contractually, but, can he? I think he's like gone. And it was like, like a one month deal. Yeah. 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 But I would imagine they'll extend, especially with Jamaica still being in the gold yeah, cup. But point. I mean, I think the other thing I was thinking about and made the comment to Laura Ellen is like, I can't, um, I'm not going to complain about Jamali Waite spending a month and a half with Andre Blake. Like, 
Yeah. Cool. One of the best keepers in CONCACAF and you're, you're getting to spend a month and a half with him. Like I'm, I, I, I'm okay with that. Yep. <laughs> like, Agreed. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to talk about Zemedio real fast. Like he's been doing fantastic and I would yeah. be surprised if he's six round after like part of me was like, Oh man, he's so good. Maybe like Bob will try to like sign him or like something like, but like he deserves to be starting. And I don't, I don't think having Zemedio and, Jamali Wait is really fair to either one of them. <laughs> that makes sense. I feel like either one of them should be a starter, so like they should go where they're going to be starting. Um, which is the whole reason why he's here to begin with is because he needed playing time because he is so good. I feel. Uh, and then um, keeping on the keeper talk real fast, a little tangent. Did you guys see that uh, Ryan Thompson, uh, old Hounds goalkeeper, was is the at least for the Gold Cup, he was a goalkeeper coach for the men's national team uh, during the Gold Cup. Yeah, like he I was totally out on the field that. celebrating with them. That's awesome. Is that how you found out? You're like, wait, that face looks familiar. Uh, someone <laughs> screenshotted a picture and like, huh. you know, someone had tweeted or threads or something like that about it. And I was like, wait, what? And like, I didn't hear about this. I didn't know he was. I think it's just like a temporary gig for like maybe just the Gold Cup because he's at over at Di- uh, Houston Dynamo like two team as what he's mainly his job is right now as a goal coach for them, but he was there for the men's national team. So that was pretty cool. Sick. I actually thought that was interesting. I had, um, I had seen that news when like all the gold cup was coming out and they had announced some of the coaches and different things and happened to see something about Ryan Thompson. So I looked, I looked at more information about him. I didn't realize that he was the head coach at OKC energy when they folded. Um, okay. And, and so he was, he was the head coach there and then they folded. Um, now he's the goal. Yeah. Now he's the goalkeeper coach at Houston Dynamo too. Um, but then yeah, went to the gold cup with the U S um, cause I think he's friends with BJ Callahan, but, um, so cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Really what, uh, so. like what a ride, right? right? You know, from head coach of OKC to keeper coach for Houston two to, you know, be in there with the U S men's national team in the gold cup. That's yeah. good for him. Crazy. That's awesome. Kev, any other micro things? I, didn't, I don't want to, you know, blow past any of your notes that you made. Are you good? No, that's that's fine. No, yeah, I, yeah. We can. We maybe my last point. It's it's a little less related to the game, um, but okay. So I, I I think it would be somewhat obvious to say, maybe not, um, that okay. So now that Dequa is coming back into fitness, the obvious replacement is he comes in for showing me like kind of no questions asked, like for like placement. Um, Mertz, I think, is the other kind of interesting thing where I would say in other formations, he makes more sense. But in like a midfield four where he's a central midfielder, you know, Griffin's more obvious for me there. Ibarra is more obvious for me there. Atu is more obvious, obvious for me there. Um, and that's how we line up. I mean, in this game, we you can kind of view it as somewhat as like a flat midfield four, although, you know, Kenny and Etu both drifted wide, but of, of uh, Forbes, Griffin, Ibarra, and Etu. Um, do you think Mertz comes in immediately? If, if Mertz is fit, does he play? I did notice, you know, he comes on, he wears the captain's armband. And um, I mean, he, he I don't think anyone's questioning the centrality of his role in the club and, and the team. But I don't know. What are you guys thoughts on Mertz getting back fit and how he fits in? I, I feel like it, it's what we saw in this game. I think 
Gibara is who he replaces. Um, unfortunately, like I think you know, Mark Gibara is doing great, but uh, I don't really see another choice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because I feel like at least the way we lined up in this game, it felt like we had Griffin and Ibarra sitting a little bit deeper. And I think part of that was tactical because there were a few times that Griff, well, it's obviously tactical. There were a few times that Griffin picked up the ball deep and carried through the lines to like sort of disrupt what Sacramento was doing. And I think that was part of the plan. That's how Etu was getting so high out wide to the left. Um, but Historically, I would say that Griffin would be playing more of that Etu or Kenny position as sort of like an attacking mid. And we've seen times where his, Kev- historically, as in this season, because when he came in, in this, this season, yeah, 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 yeah he it, was like he was a revelation as an attacking mid. Right. Yeah. So yeah, this season he's been more of an attacking mid. And Kev, we've had conversations about when Griffin came in, Griffin playing as almost like a second forward. Mm-hmm. And so now you have the situation where you have these two guys that are both really good at attacking. And right now we're playing sort of Etu and Kenny, at least in this game, we play them further up. I would expect that to be flipped. I would almost expect Etu and Kenny to be sort of the holding mids, maybe Kenny a little bit further forward. And then you have Griffin and Mertz in front of them. So I don't know if it's necessary. Josh, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think it's a like for like swap Mertz for Ibarra because I feel like they're sort of different positions. So I think it does introduce this weird like what situationally like what are we trying to do in this game and it's yeah. it may not be a straight plug for any of them other than maybe kenny and griffin just because of the history with the club and you know it just seems like they're always the first names on the team sheet for lily but i could be wrong i mean justin what are your thoughts yeah i mean i think one of the things just to even take away from the conversation is I think the cool thing about where the hounds are right now and in and in this midfield situation is you can go there's a lot of strategic ways you can play our midfield. And so I think it's like a lot of it could be situationally, depending on the team you're facing, what they how they set up to who you put on the field and where you put them on the field. Um I don't and and the other thing that I've noticed and the other thing that I I really felt like watching this game after again having not watched the hounds for a couple of weeks. Is I didn't I didn't feel like there was necessarily any big drop off in talent in in maybe um, teeth or getting forward or or trying to create something in the attack. I thought there was a little bit of a difference once Mertz came on the field, but I didn't I didn't feel like oh man like pulling Ibarra off the field and putting Mertz on. It's like I don't know that the Hounds got that much better talent wise. Like I don't know all of a sudden like oh man we have so much better players on the field. It was more just like we've got a different type of player on the field, and so I don't. I don't know that I feel like Mertz like slots right back in is like, okay, he's a, you know, first name on the team sheet, you know, going forward. I think it could be situational. And I think, you know, in a situation like even this past game, not that Mertz was fully fit, fit and could have gone 90, but even in this game, you're tied zero zero with 30 minutes left in the game or 40 minutes left in the game. And it's like, Oh no, let's throw Mertz on see what happens, you know? And, um, you know, he started creating some stuff that hadn't been created before. So I, I think that's what's really cool is like all those guys that you're talking about and then you include kind of the wingbacks in that conversation. I don't, you know, from one guy to the next, I don't feel like you're losing that much skill. Um, you might be just getting a different type of player. And I think that that's the nice thing that Lily has to his advantage and probably a good thing since he's such a tinkerer of our lineups that he can go from one game to the next and be like, no, I'm going to start this guy this game. And yeah see what happens you know i think kev to your point i don't know if we've ever 
gotten this late in the season, you know, 18 games in and not known sort of like, okay, these are our top 11 and like, there's going to be drop off. I think the only positions that you can really kind of nail down are probably keeper and forward. And literally there's competition at every other position to the point that center back, wing backs, midfielders, like, or Donia's, yeah, that's sure. But I, I mean, there's even been some games where he hasn't played and we've been okay because you have some depth there. So I, I get your point, but this probably is the deepest team that we've seen in the Lily era. Uh, legitimately deep, not yeah, just like on paper. I agree. Deep. Yeah, I agree. Um, which we'll see how he manages that because that could be a gift and a curse. Like he could, you know, stay up, you know, late at night just trying to figure out who are the right players to start because that's a problem it's not as clear cut as usual i mean so. the good thing is usually if you keep rotating players in and out and changing system i mean i think part of this is part of it's due to injury because such a core player like dequa goes out for an extended period of time uh weight drops out maybe that changes how he views structuring his defense um and and mertz part of its injuries part of it is like formation wise and these feed into each other where it definitely feels like we're changing we're playing a different formation than we did at the beginning of the season so all of that kind of contributes to the continual churn and inconsistency um but yeah i mean eventually what last season he definitely settles on us on a set 11 um where in in the in the stretch and the run in you know heading to the playoffs we see the same players and i so i'd be curious to see if that kind of happens again because yeah i mean so many yeah so many people have come to come in and, and made an impact so yeah it'll be interesting well guys we spent 45 minutes talking about a nil nil draw um that very that, good nil nil draw i was gonna say that can be an indicative of the game itself or it just can be indicative that we like to talk um so we're gonna we're just gonna move on because we have two other games to talk about but first it's been a while since we've talked about pick'em the latest pick'em results, Laura Ellen has overtaken Kevin with 19 points. Mm-hmm. She got a couple calls spot on. So the, the current uh, leaderboard is Laura Ellen at the top with 19. Kev, me and you are tied with 17. And then the ones that actually matter are the ones that actually can win. You have Devin Pale with 15 points. Keaton Liebengood with 15 points. Michael Finn with 14 points. And then we've got a whole bunch of 13 and 12s. So everybody is sort of in the thick of the running here. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, all season long, the top point earner who is not, you know, part of the Mongols team uh, will win two free season tickets to the uh, supporter section in 2024. So it is well worth your time. And I'd still say at this point, it's still not too late to get involved if you haven't yet. Um, basically, just head over. We will tweet it out. Maybe we'll thread it out. I sure if that's what it's called, I don't know, but it's definitely on YouTube. If you go subscribe to us on YouTube, you will see the post. It typically goes up the day before the game. You go, you leave a comment with your score predictions, three points. If you get the score dead on Uh, one point, if you get the result right and no points otherwise. And so whoever gets the most points gets two free tickets. And I think we said, Kev, if we all beat you, then you need to come up here for a game. That was the that was the deal, I think. And if you win, then we're all going to just come down and stay at your place for yeah. a game. So well, we're going to crash in your apartment. Yeah. Um, Second half of that's fine. First half, yeah, I'm sure. I need proof. That... Looking quickly at the standings. So, you know, we got two draws in a row. That drops us to second place in the East. Tampa have now overtaken us at the top with 34 points. Tampa, who just lost their head coach to what the English second division, 
Um, so he is he is on his way out. We will see what first division. What's that? English first division. Who? What's what's the guy's name? (laughs) It's Neil Collins. Is the yeah Neil Collins? Um, I can't remember who it was, but I thought it was first division. Yeah. Um, or not first. Division. I think it's second division because I think it's Burnley. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, Burnley. yeah, sorry, yeah. that's why. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see what what happens with Tampa as a result of that. You know, historically Tampa's been pretty good at just sort of chopping and changing, and they just keep on plugging along. They have a pretty good system in place there. So, they are currently at the top. We are at second. Uh, nipping at our heels is the Battery with thirty one points. Louisville are in fourth with twenty nine points. We got a, a big game where we can swing some points our way. And then rounding out the playoff positions are Memphis, Birmingham, Indy, and Tulsa, with Detroit sitting at 10th. Uh, they only have 16 points, which is exactly half of what we have so far this season, which bodes well for us this weekend. And Fraudford are sitting on 10 and have lost Jeez, the they look majority bad. of their games. Yes, Oof. they have 12 losses and two wins with a negative 17 goal differential. So... Good time. Quick, quick uh, yeah, Neil Collins went to Barnsley, Barnsley. In, Barnsley. In, in League One, which is the third division. Yeah. Sorry, I was meaning League One. Not yes, or, yeah. Like, I was like, no, it's one. It's, it's yeah. League One. <laughs> yeah, I was saying first division. I'm like, no, 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 that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, guys, next up, we this is a two-game week. So we got Louisville at Lynn Family Stadium on Wednesday, and then we have Detroit back home on Saturday. So we obviously just played Louisville literally two games ago. Uh, to a nil-nil draw. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about on the show last week, but obviously we didn't have a show last week, was the phantom offsides that Laser scored, which it was weird to me because I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I watched the highlights. Typically when a goal is called off, they don't include it in the highlights. So this was in the highlights. I saw the play and I was like, there's no way he was offsides. And they showed the goal and then just like the score never changed at the top. So I was like, <laughs> what happened? Um, Steve made a compelling argument that he was offsides or he felt pretty adamantly that he was offsides and he came back on. It's just curious that if there's anything that's contentious at all, they don't include it in the highlights. Like the USL likes to avoid any sort of confrontation in terms of the highlights, but regardless, um, we are currently chasing Louisville for the most clean sheets in the league. They are at the top of the league with nine. We have eight. So a good clean sheet here, especially at Lynn family would be a nice little kick in the, you know, what's to them. Um, interesting stat here, guys, Louisville are currently 16th in the league out of 24 in shots with 196. Where do you think that the hounds fall in terms of shots overall in the league? Do you think that we are higher than Louisville who are currently 16th or do you think we are lower than Louisville? gonna say higher josh says higher justin what do you say i think i would say higher too but justin says higher kev i mean i'll say lower just because everyone else said higher. so like you don't do it for any other reason other than just to be different from everybody else guys um shockingly the hounds are dead last in the league we are in no. 24th with 165 shots we've only taken 165 shots and yet we are in second place in the east which tells you something about our conversion percentage true um 
yeah, I saw that and I went, holy crap. Like, you know, we're almost top of the league in shutouts. We, you know, we're up there in goals where we have somebody <laughs> challenging for the golden boot. Dead this, is last terrible. this is terrible. I was like, yes, because sure. And me can't put a shot on net. <laughs> <laughs> That's ouch. Oh, I, I, he's great. I, he's a good forward. I <laughs> Just wait. Let him cook. I bet you in a year or two. Yeah. I agree. Assuming he's still with when us. When he's not with the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Guys, what do we think happens here? We're traveling to Louisville, Lynn Family Stadium. It's a it's a Wednesday game. Josh, what are your give me a prediction here? What do you oh, think is gonna happen? A prediction yeah. already. Um, okay, so I, I I don't want to say another zero zero game, but I mean this is the time for it, right? Like the Hounds will be trying to just not concede a point to Louisville. I'm just gonna say zero zero. Okay. So you said no no. Kev. It's it's just annoying that it feels like now's the time. Now is the time that Louisville is kind of getting into their groove. You know, if you look at the beginning of the season, they they didn't, I don't know, they weren't anything spectacular. And all of a sudden, they have three shutouts in a row. Um, you know, they hold us to a nil-nil draw at high mark. And it's just like, come on. Like, I just, Louisville is all, I say it again, Louisville is the team that I want to beat and finish above. And it just feels like we're not playing them at a great time right now. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Look, the 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 Josh Everton fan in me says 1-0 Louisville because uh, I just don't have good feelings about this. Because um, when do I ever when we're playing Louisville? But uh, I don't know. I guess I'll stay with that. Kev says 1-0 loss. Justin. Um, I don't know why. I'm, I... Give me a three-one win. Whoa! I I don't think I listen. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I'm just doing something different because I don't think anyone else is actually going to predict them to win. Um, but I do think that there's some element of like, okay, the Hounds haven't scored and they got to score at some point. They're not going to go scoreless for the rest of the season. So like, it's going to be a game where the floodgates sort of open and like, why not in Louisville? I've oh, I've said similar things in the past, and I've immediately followed up with I don't know who's scoring, but like <laughs> I'm gonna say you know it's this. So. Deke was back. Deke was scoring now. Is he though? I, that, so that's an interesting question. Do you think he starts this game after getting you know what 45 uh, against Sacramento? Okay, yeah, you make a good point. I think Lily's gonna be hard pressed to keep him off the field. Oh come on! No player is going to tell Lily what to do. <laughs> I think Deke will. Yeah, I think, I think he circumstances might. tell Lily what to do, and Lily might be looking at the circumstances right now, being like, "We need Deke on the field." He's like, like I don't think it's so much that Deke was telling him. I think he's just like, uh, "We need goals." Yeah. <laughs> and Dequa Dequa scores and fits and starts too. So like, you yeah. know, he'll he'll come and drop a hat trick on on Louisville, and then not be effective at all against Detroit or something. I originally was going to say a one nothing win for the Hounds. I'm going to up it. I'm going to say two nothing. I think the the more we sort of talk about this, I could see us doing something sneaky and seeing goals from like Griffin and Dequa. Um, I could see us mixing it up a little bit. I, I realistically, candidates. I see us coming out with a draw, like a nil nil draw. Just go in, get the point because we're playing Detroit on the weekend, which will be at home. So you do what you got to do to get the point in Louisville, but I could also see us get up for this game. Um, we've talked about how good we've been playing. So 
Yeah, I say two to nothing win. You hedged that bet. There you go. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what we think. Let us know what you think. Like I said, tomorrow, or depending on when you're listening to this today, the post will be up on YouTube so that you can go add your score prediction. So make sure that you go do that. Take part in our pick them. Guys, after this road trip on Wednesday, um, you know, the Hounds are back at home uh, to face Detroit on Saturday. Detroit, I like to think of Detroit as our rival. Um, you know, it's been a, a season. Uh, and so there hasn't been a lot there, but they are having a pretty crummy season as we alluded to in the standings. They currently have half as many points as we do half as many goals. They've only scored 12 goals, which is the lowest in the league. Uh, and their conversion percentage is half of ours. So again, lots of halves there. Um, they've, I mentioned already, they faced twice as many shots as we have. Looking at all of those stats, my immediate thought was like, is this a trap game? I don't think this is a trap game. No. Like, I think that Detroit is just having a crappy enough season. Hartford's that, our trap game. Where that, they only that won back, two games. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, back at Highmark after playing Louisville, it's going to be a packed house because I'm bringing half the people with me. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think that I, I, I could see this being a runaway, like 3 0, 4 0 game. Um, I'm going to say oh, four nil feels real strong. Um, no, I'm going to say three nil. That, that was going to be mine as well. I'm I'm going to piggyback on your three nil. I, I think we have yet to beat them in league play. I believe we have like a one preseason game where we beat them, but not being able to beat them yet. And, and that chip on that shoulder right there. And, and you just feel like this is the moment where we, we should run away with it. So I yeah. hope we do. Justin, what do you think? See, that's where I'm going to go the opposite of this one. I think a one nothing win, and I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like, oh, 85th minute, we finally put one in the back of the net after having the having the ball in their half all game long and no one can score, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ordonez comes up for a corner kick and gets gets the one. The DZ the uh, uh, bicycle kick yeah. wins it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kev, I mean, verbatim, Justin said what I was going to say. So, yeah, one. So one nothing win. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. One I just don't see Detroit. I mean, maybe they will. I like to think that, you know, the the number one team in the West came here and we frustrated them to the point that they kind of just bunkered. But yeah, I will say, look, I don't I just don't I don't think like Deke was back all problem solved. Like, right. I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. Like, I think it eventually happens because Deke was that impactful of a player, but I, I think it's just going to take time. But Deke and Robbie Mertz back on the field at the same time. Look, I feel like Robbie is my new Danny Griffin where oh. I just, like, I look, I just don't think Robbie's had a good season. Now I understand that that's been interrupted with injuries. Yeah. Um, and, and I get that, but for for a for the 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 mold of of the player that I think we talk about him being, he needs more numbers than he has. He needs more goals. He needs more That's assists, right. and he's just not getting them. That's what we think. Let us know what you think. Get down to Highmark Stadium this weekend. I think there's a watch party at Mike's on Wednesday. Josh, is the Steel Army doing a watch party? No, so uh, we weren't going to be doing a watch party, but since the Hounds, so they're going to do their Mike's watch party. We jumped on and. 
telling all our members to go out to Mike's on Wednesday. Uh, most of the board's going to be there. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be interesting because it's also the Gold Cup. Mm. The U.S. men's national team. Uh, I think they play at 7.30 and we play at 8. So it's going to be a situation where uh, they'll have both games on. They did assure us that the Hounds will have sound, so we'll have the game audio. Nice. Uh, but yeah, American Outlaws were also planning on showing up to that for the Gold Cup. So it's going to be like a double watch party extravaganza. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, if you can get out to Mike's Beer Bar, come on out. Tell you what, man, the advertising works. My kids are like, oh, you guys like Mike's? Everybody's going to Mike's? Like, they've never been there. They have no idea where it's at, but they just know. Like, oh, where's the watch party Mike's? (laughs) So kudos to uh, you, Mike's and the Hounds, for for plugging that away. Um, So, yeah, get down to Mike's on Wednesday night to catch the the watch party. Saturday night, Highmark Stadium. They're giving away mini Highmark replicas to the first uh 10,000 people through the door so no rush you don't have to be front of line no big deal um but if you do get one if you if you do get one and you're itching for a uh crisp brand new mongols hat i will bring a few extra with me and i will trade you so mike in in 20 seconds sell me this why i've seen the pictures i just don't get it why what the pictures of what what don't you get which part the the replica stadium it's, I, it, it's just a free replica stadium. I mean, it's, it's free. <laughs> you're like, what else is there to sell? It's Why free. are we selling you a free thing? You <laughs> yeah. don't have to sell it to you. We're giving it to you. You just have to show up. Yeah, it's a limited edition thing. Listen, uh, in all honesty, so I, my kids are with uh, with our parents for the really the week for the most part. And at the beginning of the season, when the promotional schedule came out, they were like, oh, mini replicas of the stadium. Like, we got to go to that game. Like, they circled it. And I was like, Kev, I was the same with you. I was like, okay, like, it's cool. Like, it's probably something that you won't see ever again. Um, and so literally this weekend, we were sitting around and I was like prepping for the show. And I was like, oh, the free replica that's coming up this weekend. And my wife was like, would you want to get tickets? And I was like, really? And we were like, yeah, let's. So we got tickets. And then literally it turned into a whole thing with her entire family. Like, no joke, 20 people. Um it's going to be a madhouse, but uh, yeah, that's funny. No, and and Liz shot a truthful arrow <laughs> through my heart, and I was just like, "Oh, that's so right." <laughs> like, she said it's, it's fun. fun. And that's why that you is don't why understand. you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah Liz, the arbiter right. of truth. <laughs> so, yeah. So hopefully, we see everybody down at the game this weekend. We see you at Mike's on Wednesday, or Josh, you see you at Mike's on Wednesday. Um, guys, anything else before we wrap this one up? Still going strong, still a good team. Uh, you know, second in the East is nothing to be ashamed of at all. Uh, you know, three shutouts in four games, good home record, still unbeaten at home. Yeah, no, still a really, really good season so far. Great I'm going to ask one question real quick before we get out of here. Are are we in a at the beginning of the season? Did you think this is where we would be? 18 games in, Kev. You know what? Weirdly enough, I actually did. I Shut remember there was a lot no, of did. Josh. Did you think this is where we would be? Yeah, no. no, I mean, like just the, the open cup run, like magic that that was the having a MLS yeah. team at home, having a great season on top of that, like getting both of those things is has been fantastic. Yeah, Justin. Uh, I would say before this season, I thought that this is where we'd be two or three games into the season. I did no <laughs> thoughts of that. And so I, I was believing the hype uh, before the season. And then we got into the season. I was like, oh, this is going to be a rough one. And so I'm glad we've turned it around. 
And I famously was the opposite. I had no hype going into the season. I thought this was going to be an awful season. And uh, oh, that's why Kevin was actually hyped about. That's right. He was like, oh, Mike is not hyped. Yeah. <laughs> that's the it's canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Every everyone thinks that Kevin is like this arbiter of just you know future the tellings, and he's a yeah. soccer <laughs> genius. He just picks the opposite of whatever the rest of us say, and you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So you know, <laughs> you're you're just a constantly changing broken clock. Then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Uh, like I mentioned. Follow us on YouTube, follow us on, I guess, Twitter, follow us on threads at Mongols pod on threads. And once they get chronological order, we'll start live threading there, whatever that's called. Um, and uh, yeah, otherwise, hopefully we see you this weekend. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Thread me. Cheers. <laughs> Later. Is that the term? Like, thread it? Oh, whoops. <laughs>